0: Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper here, sports broadcaster in the UK. Thank you for hitting on the button, appreciate it. Also, thank you to the big sponsors of the podcast, chief sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installation. check out bno underscore cheltenham my local branch here in the west of england and go in there or speak on the phone to jason briggs and his fine team also thank you to cytoplan food-based supplement company for their ongoing association with the podcast supplements designed to be digested as close to how food would be as possible my father dr mark draper has worked as a consultant with them for a couple of decades now, and we can offer you a discount with the podcast. If you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, at checkout, that code is DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero, and the capital letter R. Discount code gives you 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing after that as well don't forget atticboxaudio.co.uk is a project we started in lockdown with my wife looking to record people's family memories their love their loved ones stories their life stories so we sit down with people typically older people and record their life stories in a very relaxed setting either at our house or their home or on zoom you can check that out at drapermedia.co.uk and don't forget we are giving away a 100 free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey of the Whole Man Academy this is through the show notes click on that And there are only five to give away each month. And he does usually charge good money for this. Anthony's been on the podcast in the past. Look him up, Anthony Asprey of the Whole Mine Academy, and check out that link in the show notes. Right on to the podcast, former professional rugby player turned entrepreneur, Matthew Mansell. Here he is. Matt Mansell, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? You look well? I'm great. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's fantastic to to be with you. You you look you look in good shape. You've got a, a baggy shirt on, but I'm guessing you're a you're a keen enthusiast of <laughs> of going to the gym. Is this is this where it's all originated? You've noticed the gym's are a bit empty. Tell us about the Athlo app and, and your story around it.
1: <laughs> so um, I guess my might kind of probably starting you to start on my background initially.
0: Mm. Um
1: so I was a big cricketer when I was younger. Um, unfortunately had sublacks for shoulders, which meant that I couldn't couldn't um, play much cricket. So I started to kind of hit the gym and found that I had a bit of talent for rugby as well. And then through that, was kind of put on, you know, training programs, what have you, as a young kid. And I guess just that routine and that um, kind of being used to doing it so often kind of stuck with me. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so Athlo was born primarily out of... Um, I left my job in the city when I was working finance and was kind of traveling around as you do when you, when you're kind of unemployed Um, and I had multiple gym memberships. So I had a kind of tennis membership, I had a gym membership and then I had kind of boutique class packages as well at different gyms um, and just financially couldn't, couldn't afford to continue those memberships. Mm. And so I canceled them and then kind of having a stroll around town one day, saw that these tennis courts were empty. Um, and fortunately kind of at the same time this is obviously top line explanation here that's quite quite more in depth than No, that. no, no, it's but, good, I like it um, for, Fortunately, um, have some friends that are kind of boutique studio owners or gym owners who've worked in the industry for, you know, 15, 20 odd years um, and kind of lent on them with kind of what my idea was and it was really initially kind of tapping into that showing economy trend um, and then kind of was was kind of led in hand by i guess i guess friends of mine that ran studios in relation to what the pain points were around one just generally running their businesses Hmm. um and then secondly kind of where the market was going and this was you know this was seven seven years ago six years ago now um and a lot of kind of um changes within the market happened especially with some aggregators coming into the uk and kind of that whole kind of relationship um kind of changing very very quickly um, and I was like, this is there's got to be a there's got to be a better way of doing this where kind of everyone wins. Um, so so yes, AFA was born really kind of in hand with studio owners, um, and that's kind of you know certainly a an intro that we make with our, with our gym partners or potential gym partners is that look we're we're here to to support you guys. The the real USP that we're that we're um, focusing on as a business is membership retention. I'm sure you've probably seen. Yeah. Um, our website and bits and bobs like that and some articles that have been written about us over the last few weeks or so. But, you know, we're really wanting to focus on, you know, membership churn or trip, and Americans call it trip and we call it churn here in the UK. And, you know, just dialing that down by 2% can have the same effect as, as cutting your your cost as, a, as an operator by 10%. So a huge, huge financial impact um, from a gym's perspective. And, you know, if you rewind why do people leave gyms, um, you know, three main reasons is one, it's too expensive. Um, two, they don't use it enough, and three, they don't feel as though generally they have value for money from it. Mm. So if you can, if you can provide a solution right to your members, you know that hopefully kind of solves those three issues. Then you know, if if we can, as I said, affect a little bit of that that churn rate that that um, the industry has full stop. Everyone, every industry has at it. its bottom parcel of, of the beast, but um, you know there is no kind of member centric. Retention tool mm. out there for the for the health and fitness industry. So in that respect, it's quite archaic in relation to the tools that they have <laughs> to stop people. It's um it's a bit bizarre, but the it's interesting. You know that that they they're able to through data scientists. You know, I mean, the smaller boutiques obviously it's done in house, just you know by the CEO or head ops or whoever it is. But the, even the bigger corps, you know, they've got these data scientists that sit there and number crunch and and highlight the, the the members that are vulnerable of of leaving. Mm. And their solution is, is 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 to send that push notification to try and re-engage those users. I mean, traditionally in the industry, um, without going kind of too in depth and boring people. Yeah. Um, now go for it. It's but but traditionally they would you know you'd have a a, a membership a consultant come into into the club. Yeah. And they telling you kind of how to fold your your towels for your members and those kinds <laughs> of things and it's just. It's you know the the modern solution at the moment now, as I've said, is to send out a personal mm-hmm. notification to try and reengage those those members. Whether that's a free free personal training session or a free uh, massage or whatever it is. Now, a lot of them consider if their members don't engage in that offer, they consider them to be leaving in the next three months. And there's no solution ab- apart from that. Yeah. So we have hopefully, um, you know, it's obviously early days, and, and we're still building our our data and our analytics on the back end, but we're you know we're pretty confident with with the early set of data that we're getting back that that's that that's what we're going to be doing
0: i find it um, fa- i find it fascinating that the gyms are on board because my first question when i when i heard of the app was potentially gym owners you know the stereotypical thing going back to the 90s and early noughties was they relied on people not going so that what they wanted to do was lock people into memberships and then the people who use the gym would have a nice gym to use the other people because there's almost a theory they had to oversubscribe so they had to have too many people in the actual gym space could afford but it's yeah. great it's great to hear that they're on board and presumably people with memberships who want to offload a membership temporarily to someone who doesn't want to pay a subscription but wants to pay for for access to a gym on an ad hoc basis it kind of feels like you've yeah. cre- created a situation but uh, around the gym owners what's it what do you feel the main in- interest for them is it is it keeping people as you say that don't walk away is that the key
1: yeah i think i look i, I you're right you know the the tradition in the industry it's been about you know i mean there's there's different um stats but there are stats around you know you need nine times you know, amount of members that you can fit in the gym at one time to you know to mm. be profitable and all these types of things but I think you know the world as we all know has changed significantly um over the last two years um through COVID and this hybrid working environment where people are not going into work you know a couple of days weeks i are not even doing it at all at the moment so um the the relationship with the gyms is and a lot of, and, and just going back as well to why gyms gym didn't want their members kind of selling or sharing is because the gym wasn't part of that ecosystem, right? They, there was no tool to ensure that the gym was controlling, mm-hmm. reviewing, making sure that they were that it was being done correctly. You know, we, we our gym partners are part of that process. We tap into their booking systems. And um, so we only have access to Their members, so we can ensure and validate that their members have memberships with the gyms, what membership they pay per month, and then we price it around that. There's a whole bunch of kind of back end um, technology and aspects that we've ensured that makes the gyms comfortable. But I think I think from the you know and and then flip and then following on from that, you know, you've got um, a market that's what has been and probably still is highly fragmented. And that's where the likes of other aggregators or aggregators have come in and, and 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 essentially monopolized that market. Now people will, you know, maybe disagree and what have you. But certainly the conversations that I've had um over the last four or five years with gym owners, especially here in the UK, is that you know, that they're losing they're losing members, right? Because these the younger generation that are coming through, maybe not you and I, but <laughs> certainly the younger generation want that. That hybrid um, work environment where they can come in and come and come out, but they also have that variety and flexibility, right? So they want to do a specialist yoga class on Monday and then Tuesday they want to go to a specialist Pilates studio and then you know Wednesday they want to do a Barry's boot camp and then Thursday they want to do you know a breathwork session or whatever um,
0: okay. and just you know
1: your, your traditional gyms generally speaking your bigger brick and mortars like you know the David Lloyd's version actors mm. they're not specialist instructors if you know what I mean by that um, so you go to a yoga studio there. The yoga the, the yoga teacher is usually a, a, a not as um, specialist as a boutique yoga studio. No. And I'm making a big generalisation there, but generally speaking, that is the yeah. case. Okay. Um, and then, you know, they're losing those moments the aggregate. Um, so we've hopefully found a solution to kind of centralise that um, offering from a gym's perspective and, and and provide more value for their members, right? And I think you know consumers are, all, are always king, right? They, they rule the roost. and um, mm. If you want to keep members happy, if you want to have more members joining, you need to have a value add that goes beyond just, you know, a membership and giving you access to a gym now. Um, and, you know, that was kind of stated about, you know, this this hybrid offering around digital fitness and all those types of things. And But, you know, it, the data shows that people are using digital fitness purely as a supplement. Mm. um when they can't make it into the gym people want that that community they want to go into brick and mortar they want to train with their friends they want to go into a great class with an amazing sound system a light system you just can't replicate that at home at the moment that you know you may be able to do it in 10 years time 15 years time but for the time being you can't so um so the relationship with the gyms is great and and look we're we're a a free platform for the gyms to use they're not they're not losing anything out of this um Mm. it's a no win no fee for them so they get a transaction a small transaction fee of everyone that we send to their gym. Um, but then the real value, as I said, for them is, is keeping their members happy. Um, we're seeing a number of our gym partners being quite smart with how they're utilizing Aflo with their existing membership, sorry, their existing members by using us as an upsell tool. So, you know, if people are buying, you know, especially at the moment we we we're bringing on some brick and mortar gyms hopefully early part of, of this month. But um most of the gyms we have on the platform the are in the classes, just because yeah. nine times out of ten they're used to working with with third party businesses more than brick and mortar traditional gym, gyms are. But they're using us as an upsell tool. So if you've got someone that buys five classes a month and they end up, you know, every other month or every month buying a couple of more classes because they want to do some more, but they haven't obviously got the class package to do that. The gyms are, are using us as an upsell tool, so they're upselling them to a package of ten, for yeah. example, um, and then the two classes that they don't take that month, they're able to list on After and make make them up to ninety percent of the money back, which is interesting because then the customer lifetime value um, for that gym increases, right? Um, so, so yeah, so look, and it's early days. You know, there's a lot of things that we want to drive and we want to push and we want to kind of, you know get the gym membership back up. We want to get more people active, but it, it is early days. We only launched, you know, five weeks ago or so. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we're still kind of getting our teeth into the data and trying to see where where, where
0: we're best placed. Do, do you think Athlo will be a stepping stone for gyms to sort of revolve more around a pay-per-go basis? Is that something you think that would be a future? Or is that I don't atten- think so. attention?
1: But, or... I don't, Do you know what? I mean, it, it, it's a, that's a really good question. I haven't asked that before. Um, my gut feeling is: look, if, if you're if you're a regular user of a gym, it's it you know even if you're paying a hundred pounds a month, yeah, it's not expensive, right? No. If you're using it regularly, it's not an expensive, you know, it's not an expensive thing, you know, and especially with, you know, if your towels are included and you know all that mm. stuff, and you've got a sauna in those facilities, you know, it, it's not an expensive. Um, it's know, a good good um, investment. it?
0: yeah, value value. Yeah, it,
1: yeah. absolutely. I think, you know, and, and that's why the high volume, low price point gyms, the, the pure gyms, the gym groups, those guys do so well because they don't offer any of that. You know, mm. it is one thing and it's really good equipment and it's usually a good space to go and train and it's massive. Um, and I think, you know, I think, I don't think that it will go down to a paper, paper access. I think from the, from the gym's perspective, I think what if people do want to paper access, they'll just go to a, to a cheaper gym. Um, but I think, you know, from, from our perspective, the way that Aflo, you know, is, is created is that by being a member of the gym that's partnered with Aflo is you then get access to all the other gyms on Aflo at yeah. cost. So at, at membership rates, so you, you pay pro rata what a member pays, right?
0: Okay. Um, now
1: by doing that, we're, we're encouraging, hopefully one people to join gyms that are part, part of our ecosystem, part of our partner ecosystem, um, and then you're getting that flexibility you're getting that variety just by holding one membership. you don't need to hold multiple memberships or go and work with an aggregator which is expensive. so we've you know we're we're hopefully trying to drive that that use back into the gyms whereby you can have your traditional membership or your membership with one class, but then you can kind of tap into what you're referring to here, which is the pay pay to go, go. or pay to use so, model so- which would which would be us. Our-
0: so, so if you if people are listening to this, and potentially, I guess there may be gym owners, but more likely people who want to use a gym who haven't got a membership, yeah. or people who have got a membership who may be going through having a baby, not be able to get there, job change, whatever it might be, financial trouble at the moment. Of course, there's there's challenges out there in the in the world yeah. that we're, we're hearing about every day. What's the first port? Is it the same app for a gym owner, membership owner, and a gym membership, or, or gym? Yeah, w- wannabe user?
1: Yeah, it's probably it's probably worth giving a proper explanation about what ASO is, right? <laughs> um, so um, we are a on-demand um, membership marketplace. So we have two user cases. One is um, people that are not getting value for money, or they're going away on holiday, or they've got kids, they can't make it into the gym that week, or they're busy at work, whatever it may be. But they're still paying their gym membership, right, or their class packages, or whatever. Um, now those users can go on to go onto the app, download the app, sign up, and sell and list the period of time that they wish to list their membership for. Um, now the second user case is people that are wanting access to different studios. Um, now there are obviously people doing that in 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 the market already, but the difference with us is that by joining a gym partner of ours. You get access to all those studios at cost. So we're a one-stop shop basically for your wealth, your sorry, your health and wellness um, kind of activities. Um, now the way that we protect that, and obviously it's probably not relevant to users, but um, if you're a member of a gym that's partner uh, that's partnered with us, you get access at cost to all of the other gym partners. If you're not a member of a gym that's partnered with Aflo, you still get access to all of the, the inventory on our platform, but you, you pay a slight premium to get access, mm. which is there to try and encourage you to join a gym that's on our platform okay. um, and, and or encourage your gym that is not partnered with Aflo to, to come and join the ecosystem and benefit from from the um, from the services that we provide.
0: So, so it's not a specific twinning whereby I put my membership up and someone takes my membership. It all goes into a pot where people can then access different aspects of other people's memberships in in there.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting. So we, so for the time being, I mean, you know, these these conversations are you know constantly changing and, yeah. and opinions moving. But at the moment, it's not direct peer to so peer. It's not like Airbnb when you go on Airbnb and yeah. you see, you know, edit. A picture of ed and you know ed has a ed has a bio and and those types of things we we've we've stayed away from that for for launch but that's not to say that in the future that that may not come through and and we build that that um functionality into the app um it's a it's a, it's a difficult one obviously you know our, we, we want to keep our gyms happy right um and if you know if we've got a plethora of of, you know, 100 users, right? Or 100 100 members from one gym or with their bios showing availability at that gym, it's maybe not the best kind of um, messaging that the gym is sending out um, to, you know, public eyes. So um so look you know we're, we're, we're digging into some of those options um in the future but um no but for the time being as you said it, it's not you know you don't know who you're renting off you just you're just actually well, which
0: student. which could be nice in a way isn't it because then you're not if someone's going to a gym and misusing it or something you're not get responsible for them in that in that sort of airbnb responsibility way as you mentioned so that's that's a good thing I yeah think.
1: absolutely i mean look we, we, we obviously you know we have our terms conditions in terms of use that we, we we ensure that all of our users adhere to and that's relevant obviously linked into to our to our gym partners so you know we're nine times out of ten people that go to the gym hopefully fingers crossed touch with um that i don't jinx anything but um a, a, you know a decent human being, whereby you know they just going into to, to get a workout in and then and then heading home or heading out for dinner or whatever it is that they're doing um with their day but um but yeah you've got a valid point there
0: i love i love the I love the flexibility approach, to and I'm curious as well, because we had a brief conversation before we started recording about our both shared peripatetic childhoods and and that mm. and that sense of of not being too fixed in in one aspect of life or one geographic location. Mm. And I was actually a member of David Lloyd in the past because of that uh, multiple locations, although it can't it, it it tends to be still a coincidence if you get the right breakdown of where you are and where their gyms are. Um but this is this is really appealing. Do you think that your childhood in a sense played into this? This idea where this concept came from of of flu- fluidity and flexibility, not being in one fixed pattern of using one fixed gym
1: yeah i I hadn't thought about that, you know um yeah, maybe I mean you know everything you know everything molds you your experiences in life mold you, don't they so there is yeah there, there there could be something there um i think i th- I think you know selfishly, I was solving a problem that I had right first and foremost yeah, um I wanted to continue um you know my my training routine or my routine of training at the gym that i trained out in the studios and playing tennis so tell for sale, i was like how do i do this one within a budget um and also to kind of not 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 um have the knock-on effect that some of the other businesses have had an effect there and, and that and that kind of relationship may be going a bit sour um and you know, I I was looking to solve the problem that I had, and then kind of that led on to kind of conversations with with friends of mine at my own studios and stuff. But yeah, I, I think you know, as I said, your early your early years kind of mold you, right? So mm. a, there is there is you know, there's probably something there deep down, you know, at the back of my mind somewhere that that uh, that had an influence on that.
0: A bit of new kid in class must have helped with the resilience you need as an entrepreneur and the patience and discipline, I suppose, of of new challenges and and new horizons when you go through this this process.
1: Sorry, say that
0: again. I was just saying that I, I guess being an entrepreneur and 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 everything must be of of partly forged in that background of being the new kid in the class at school is that it builds resilience has that helped you in this this process?
1: Yeah, I absolutely. I think um I yeah, what I mean there's no shadow about it. Like being an entrepreneur, I mean it's a bit of a buzzword, you know, it has been for for quite a number of years now. Um and it's difficult it, it, it's not easy and it can be it can be quite a lonely place I, I'm lucky to have a, a business partner um who's an amazing support um kind of when and if I need him but he's not operational day-to-day but it can be a really lonely place I've got you know friends of mine that are, that are entrepreneurs as well and, and it's it's tough and I think um you know I went to boarding school when I was when I was pretty young I was fortunate enough to to to, to have done that but you know I was seven. You know, wow. when I went to boarding school, so you, you, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, um, you know, it was difficult, but it was also kind of the making of of me, right? And mm. it's the same with most kids that, that that go through that experience. Um, you know, what doesn't what doesn't break you makes you right. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think you know, you 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 learn very quickly how to how to handle situations, whether they're you know good, positive, negative, whatever it is, but. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, I think, um, you know, and my parents were abroad. Um, so I went to boarding school when I was super young. I was, as we were speaking about earlier, um, my father was a pilot. So, um, you know, they were based in Singapore and Oman and Alaska and what have you. And, and when I was seven, I was, was educated here in the UK. So not really having your folks around, and my, my sister was a couple of years old and me at the same school. But,
0: yeah. You know, when
1: they're three years older, you know, that's a worldly different age, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and a so, girl as
0: well. Yeah, it's different.
1: Yeah, totally different. So, um, I mean, look, I mean, it, these things, uh, I mean, it was, it was tough, I'm not going to lie. But I think, as you said, it leads into building that person as a character. And I think also as well, you know, kind of leading back into what we were talking about earlier about kind of the rugby days was, you know, when I moved down to Bath to 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 play down at Bath Rugby Club, they were part of their academy there, you know, I didn't know anyone down there. A lot of the boys have been part of the academy for years um, or were at Gloucester Academy previously yeah. in Dover and bits and bobs. So I think you 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 have this kind of um, confidence or self-assurance that, you know, you're able to look after yourself and you're able to just get on with life and, and you'll be fine. And I think in you know, looking back in comparison to some of my other friends that hadn't necessarily gone through the same experiences that I had, um, you know, you, you do see people struggling in university or or, mm. or later on in life, you know, with with kind of their independence or, you know, um, kind of the real world,
0: so to speak. <laughs>
1: um so no that was that was that was i mean i was lucky to have that and i think also as well going into that competitive environment you know academy situation whatever sport it is it's competitive you know they, you're playing with your mates to a certain point but they're also your competitors right um and um it um it certainly it certainly kind of gears you up to be mm. able to handle those situations i think a little bit better than potentially other people can but
0: yeah you're so, so you sport the sport the sporting challenges because i know you played a bit professionally of rugby in france yeah. as well they they provide you with a little platform for resilience is that what you're getting at there Abso-
1: yeah. yeah absolutely i mean you know so i was at Bath for two years um and then just just wasn't playing enough basically um and um i was like you know if i'm gonna do this i need to give it a proper proper twirl uh and just the year before the off my first year of Bath, i got off offered a contract to bordeaux who were actually playing in uh, Cordeaux, wow. uh at the time and um the old man was like, no, you, you <laughs> need to do one more year. Um, but fortunately, the, the degree that I did at Bath was um, a lot of kind of um, of the academy boys were on the course, but a lot of our other athletes were on the same course, a sports science degree. And it allows you to take a two-year sabbatical after the second year if you wanted to. So I kind of took that opportunity after the, after the second year there and got offered a, a contract um, down in, in Osh uh, in the southwest of France and um, went and played down there for for eighteen months, two years. Um, it's been amazing. Um,
0: amazing, was it? That life experience. Unreal. I, it was un,
1: un unreal. I mean, you know, I was still early twenties. um It was. I mean, it's just the best. Probably one of the best two years I've I've had on this planet. Um, just the French. The, the lifestyle. But, um, yeah, so I, I went out there speaking nothing. Um, <laughs> well, you know, pigeon pigeon French, able to order a beer and a croissant, But yeah. apart from that. Um, but it was, you know, it was tough. And also actually during that time, which so my first year down there was when Toulon had, had their new owner. So that was when Tanu Manga, Dan Luger, Sony Bill Williams were all coming over wow. and playing in Pro de Deux. And we got promoted that year. They didn't get promoted. Um, so we got promoted to top 14. And it was, we were the only club that had very few foreigners. Mm. And there was myself and another Samoan guy called um Tal Tapasu, who's who still lived out in France, I think just outside of Osh still. But um the rest of the boys were French. It was, you know, there was there was a lot of kind of um initially a lot of resistance from the French mm. boys, you know, you know, kind of hitting me pretty hard in a rock and training <laughs> and you know, a couple of boots to the to to the back and what have you in training. But you know, as soon as you kind of you pick up the language, you make an effort. I think um, you know. I mean, it was an amazing experience. Anyone that has an opportunity to to move abroad and play a professional sport abroad, I cannot be a bigger advocate to do It, um, it really was the making of me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But um, it was a, it was a it was a bit of a weird one because I remember when I was at Bath, was kind of going back to resilience. Here. Mm. My first game for, for Bath, so I was playing. I was playing uh, ten. I was playing fly half and Nick Abendelon who was living in the house next to me. We were kind of, the university kind of provides the housing outside of halls. Uh, Nick was in the house next door. Nick played inside centre. And I remember leaving that game for the first time in my life going, shit, I'm not <laughs> as good as I thought I was. Oh, um, wow. And and I think that really was, I actually found it, I found it quite difficult for the first couple of weeks after that game. Um, because I'd, I'd played... You know decent level of of rugby prior to that up in mm. scotland and played for north of scotland and covered only and bits and bobs, and obviously moved down to down to bath um and then just playing with nick inside center i was like this he's he's just on and he's just got level, so much levels time yeah, yeah 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 and i i just was well, you know as a, as a young guy you know 18 19 you know I th- you know i found that quite difficult um mm. initially um, and then kind of once I got my head around it, I was like, OK, you know, the opportunities aren't happening here. And I think kind of the transfer of, of that experience into kind of professional life or sorry, of, you know, career outside of kind of sport is that, you know, there are always going to be people better than you, you know, people that are smarter than you, people that have more talent. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it really does come down to a bit cliche, but it does come down to that kind of work work ethic.
0: Yeah. Um. And, and, and learning you know. and yeah, developing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I
1: think those types of lessons at the time are, are pretty brutal, especially, you know, when you, when all your life you've, you know, committed to a sport or to, to a goal of, you know, playing professional rugby or whatever it is. And I think um, getting over that kind of mental challenge of, of like, okay, okay, how do I, how do I get to that level? How, is there a chance of me doing it? You know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And I think that's been really, a really kind of key learning from myself as a you know as a young guy and then kind of transferring that experience into into day-to-day life as mm. an entrepreneur and into the real world right yeah but you know that there are always going to be people better faster stronger smarter than you and i think it's you know being being aware of that and actually using that as a driving force um you know you you know the hard work
0: outreach talent every day of the week. Mm. so um so yeah yeah and I find it I find in terms of comparing yourself as well it's always more progressive to compare yourself to yourself and where you can go rather than necessarily other people because you don't know what Nick on's other, other aspects of his life are other challenges whatever he's doing whereas you know yeah. you know your situation and I'm interested on that subject because I think part of the reason I started the podcast was about the importance of sport but also exercise and fitness I'm fascinated by and how that can be a proxy for people to to be a catalyst in their life generally because there must be a sense of reward for you that you are helping people potentially adopt more healthy lifestyles, get fit, get self-confidence, self-esteem, whatever comes, whether it. it's pumping weights or or doing a yoga class, getting peace and, and tranquility from that or a clarity in mind. Is there a sense of a philanthropic sort of buzz you get from this too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, we, we we have a mission as a business to get more people active. Um, mm-hmm. We want more people to have access to premium memberships that they probably couldn't potentially afford um we're looking at launching i mean obviously you know this isn't um this isn't set in stone yet but we want to get like almost like a bit of an afro academy set up um mm. kind of by mid mid next year where you know we'll choose you know 20 20 young kids that have you know some some sporting credentials and some capabilities and kind of cover their training side of things through through the app and, and through some sponsorship stuff um but yeah absolutely you know we 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 want people to have the least barriers to being active, right? And and what are those, you know, restrictions across across the whole demographic here in the UK? But a lot of it, the bulk of
0: mm.
1: it, is cost and, and access and availability. Um, and I think, you know, although we're just in London at the moment, there's a huge proportion of people in London, but especially going into a cost of living crisis and especially having come out of a, a global pandemic, so yeah. just you know, one just can't can't afford it. Um, and you know if we can make that more digestible more manageable for people to be able to you know train once or twice a week then 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 absolutely we we want people to to do that and and i think as well you know if we can be if we can be a, a entry point for people to find out what it is that they what they want to do right so whether that's boxing or mm. whether that's yoga or pilates you know without the commitment of having to to sign up to a studio or to a gym yeah great term, point then um then that that that's that's great and, and we want that you know the, the likelihood is is that if you do your your first class you know you're 10 percent more likely to to go and to go into a second class and then you know that snowballs through right it's all about kind of um, momentum and creating mm. that that habit um and you know it 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 is something that we that we're looking at driving um later on as i said in 2023 around setting up an AFL academy and and, um, and supporting young kids, you know, because you know that's you know if we can do good whilst whilst having a a, a, a successful business, then then we're doing something right.
0: One hundred percent. I think yeah, if you can be successful yourself but help others, that's the dream I think for a lot of people. So we got our Android out finally. We get our our iPhone out. Whatever you've got at home, smartphone you need, obviously. But yeah, and, and Athlo A T H yeah. L O. Just look at it in the app store and, and downloadable on all devices, I presume.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we're on iOS and Android, as you said. Um, you can go onto our website, um, uh, www.athlo.app. There's download links there. Uh, alternatively, we're on Instagram, um, which is at app, um, and the links are all there to download. And then, so, yeah, as I said, if, if, you, if you've got a membership um, in London and we're partnered with your gym, you can sell the days, sell the classes that you're not using, make up to 90% back. And then if you're wanting access to multiple studios, um, at the you know the cheapest rate in the market because you're paying what members pay per day or per class. Um, then we are we're there for you to to come and use. Um, and look, we're we're an early stage business. You know we're not here saying that you know mm-hmm. we're going to take over the world tomorrow. Um, you know we're we're building a um, a platform and a community um that we we really feel will make a difference moving forward. And especially as you said, going into cost of living crisis, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not just users that are going through that pain point, right? It's also also gym partners as
0: ours. Well. Sure.
1: You know, electricity bills, you know, are going from, you know, five, six grand a month to fifteen twenty, you know. Um, yes. you know, so it's it's about supporting not just our users who are wanting to be more active. We also want to support the industry. Um, as a whole, as well, you know, I've got friends of mine that one of them who's lost his business because of post-COVID and going into a cost of living crisis, and and others that you know are, are, are struggling. I know the market's coming back, and it is coming back, mm. but it doesn't make it any easier coming out of a two-year global pandemic no. and and the impact that that had. You know, everyone's you know everyone keeps forgetting that that happened. Yeah. Um, and the reality is that there's bills still to be paid, there's money owed, and 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 the reality is still pretty pretty stark for those. For those people so um so yeah so we we, we you know we, we, we're focused on as you mentioned earlier getting the opportunity to work out as price sensitive as we possibly can for our users and then giving them that flexibility and variety to to go and access the best gyms and studios and classes in london
0: i love it matt thank you for your time really good and, and best of luck with it i'm certainly supporting a bit of a technophobe i think this is fantastic for for getting people moving and getting healthy and, and as we say sharing the cost thank you for your time today
1: Awesome, uh, thanks.
0: What do you think? You enjoy that podcast? If you could let me know, it'd be fantastic. If you head to the show notes, wherever you are, iTunes, the platform, Spotify, write a review rating, that'd be fantastic. Tell a friend, whatever goes, be great to spread the word. If you do enjoy this podcast, Sport and Life, thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Nolveson of Cheltenham. Remember that association with Cytoplan if you're looking to optimise your immunity as we head into winter in the Northern Hemisphere and wherever you are in the world you may want to look into that at Cytoplan.co.uk. 30% off up front on your first purchase, 10% ongoing with that association with the podcast. The discount code Draper10R at checkout. D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals, numbers, one zero and the capital letter R. And remember that free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey of the Whole Man Academy. Link in the show notes. And if you're looking perhaps and intrigued by the idea of maybe recording a loved one's life story in their voice, in a relaxed way, long form conversation with myself, check out atticboxaudio.co.uk through our website, if it's easier, drapermedia.co.uk. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the week, weekend, wherever you are listening to this at this time. Bye for now.